At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job. Nice Job is reputation marketing software that can help you grow your service business. Nice Job's automated tools will help you collect two to three times more reviews and then share those reviews where it matters most. Using social proof and a high converting website, you can be the top rated in your field. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com for more information. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and I finally got a hold, through Master Group, uh, a Dr. Smart. It's an inverter detector is what it says on the box. So basically what it is, it's a device that you hook up to inverter-style mini-splits to grab information so you can diagnose and troubleshoot them. Look for a video coming soon on this because uh, I think it's, 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 it looks like a really cool tool to grab information that you wouldn't normally see off a mini-split. So it's called Dr. Smart inverter detector and there'll be a video coming real soon check out master.ca hey what's up guys so we're going to do a short little micro podcast on reversing valves or the other terminology we use for them is a four-way valve now when we say four-way valve all that essentially means is that there's four openings in the valve and refrigerant can leave or enter through the those four openings So a two-way valve is basically a valve that has an opening on either side of it, right? One opening on either side, there's two openings. So a four-way valve essentially is a valve that has four openings. Now, a reversing valve is used in heat pumps so we can reverse the flow of refrigerant so we can turn a traditional air conditioning system into something that produces heat inside a home or a building. So we're going to talk about this briefly and just a short rundown on a, a heat pump and a reversing valve on this short micro podcast, guys. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. So let's talk briefly about what a heat pump is first before we talk about the reversing valve because it'll help you understand. So I want to be clear here. My experience with heat pumps is water-cooled heat pumps, usually mounted in ceilings or closets in commercial buildings, okay? Not residential heat pumps, but they work in the same way and the same principles. So what I'm used to seeing is a water-cooled heat pump and the the water source is not geothermal or anything. It's connected to a cooling tower, which rejects the heat, and then also a boiler loop, which puts heat back into that that loop. And we wanna maintain that loop at about 80 degrees Fahrenheit or so. So anyway, I don't wanna confuse you guys. I just wanna set a precedence of the type of heat pumps that I've worked on in the past. And water-cooled is no different from air-cooled. It's just we're using a different medium to reject or absorb heat, 
all right, instead of air. So with, with a heat pump, essentially what you're doing here is turning a air conditioning unit, right, into something that can provide heat for a, a space, a home or a building. Now, when we talk about the coils, evaporator coil, condenser coil on a heat pump, we're talking about a heat pump system. Let's try to avoid the terms evaporator and condenser because it can confuse techs. Um, a lot of times we use the terms indoor coil, outdoor coil, but on a ceiling mounted heat pump, we don't have the, we, we don't have the, I guess we don't have the privilege of saying those because it's, everything is, is packaged and mounted in a ceiling or, or in a closet, right? So there is no outdoor or indoor coil. What there is, is a, is a refrigerant coil and there's a coaxial water cooled coil. All right. So, and, and they switch the evaporator is the evaporator in the cooling cycle, but in the heating cycle, the evaporator is now the condenser. And that's why it's really, it's, it's really important that you don't call them evaporator and condenser when you're talking about them, because you're going to get super confused. So if you're working on heat pumps in, in a, like a split system type heat pump in a residential application, you're going to want to call it outdoor coil and indoor coil. So you don't get confused. If you're working on a heat pump, like I described, where it's a water-cooled type heat pump mounted in a ceiling or closet or something like that, you have a, a coaxial coil usually inside of these things, right? And then that, that is a water-cooled coil. And then you have your, your DX, your direct expansion coil. So it's important to know the difference in the terminology. So when you're discussing these things, especially if you're having problems with tech support, you guys aren't getting tripped up and confused over yourself. So I just wanted to throw you that little tidbit there. Um, when the terminology gets used, make sure you're using the correct terms to describe the parts of the system. Okay, so coming up here, we're gonna use the terms failing to heat and failing to cool. When it comes to a heat pump, I just wanna be upfront about this so you guys understand what I'm talking about when I use these terms. Now, a reversing valve sitting in a unit that's not powered up has, has a position. Okay, let's call that its normal position. So a heat pump that fails to heating, the reversing valve's normal position allows flow through that valve to heat, to be in the heat cycle. So let's say if the coil burnt out, the coil for the reversing valve failed. Well, that thing would run in heat because the reversing valve has a failure. Okay, vice versa. A fail to cooling unit, the normal state or the normal position of that reversing valve, if you ran the compressor, it would just cool, right? We need to energize that reversing valve in order to bring on the heat. So if we have a failure in a system that fails to cool, right? Like we can't energize that coil again because it's burnt out or the slider is stuck or something like that inside the reversing valve itself, right? There's a failure with that, with that reversing valve. When you start that compressor, it's going to run in cooling. So that's what I mean by that. So just, just be cautious of the word failure. It doesn't necessarily mean that something has failed. It just means that if there is a problem, it's going to fail over to cooling or fail over to heating, depending how it's designed. So let's move on and talk about this. Something extremely important you're going to want to take notice of and must be aware of is that not all heat pumps fail the same way. What I mean by that, because a heat pump is a heating and cooling apparatus, it can do both. Some 
areas of the of the world you're going to want that thing to fail in heat some areas you're going to want it to fail in cooling like so if you live in a southern state in the u.s you're going to want that heat pump to fail the cooling right if you live in in a northern state or in canada for instance you're going to want that thing to fail to heating all right so the way you would wire these you have the o and the b terminal on the thermostat this is traditional traditionally speaking now there, there might be some nuances and, and some technical um, bulletins out for different uh, thermostats or controls or, or heat pumps but in the traditional sense when you wire it for o right that reversing valve to o you basically are wiring that thing to fail in heat right so it's gonna it's gonna run in heat most of the time unless you energize unless you energize that reversing valve, all right, through O. And in reverse, if you want it to fail the cooling, if you want it to run in cooling most of the time, because you're hot most of the time in your area, you want to wire that to B. So you actually have to energize B in order to bring on the heating. So these are considerations you have to take and you have to look at before you go wire up a thermostat. So just remember that they fail in different positions. Um, some fail in heat, right? They're, that's an, in a colder climate. Some fail in cooling. That's that's a warmer climate. The ones I've worked on in the past, yeah, they failed in heat. We had to energize that reversing valve in order for the cooling to take place. If it was just if it just started up, if the compressor just started up, it would run in the heating mode. All right, so let's talk about how a heat pump works with a reversing valve. Now, I did mention to you guys that I've worked on jammed up ceiling heat pumps that are water cooled and we're, we're going to leave that aside for now. We're going to talk about this in the, in the residential, um, application because I think people can get a better grasp when it comes to working on heat pumps and listening and deciphering the information here when we're talking about it in, in a outdoor coil, indoor coil sort of application. So the way it works is let's say, let's say we have a, a system that fails in heat. It's a heat pump that fails in heat. And I say this because with my conversations with techs around North America, it seems predominant. This isn't my experience, might not be yours, but it's mine, that it seems predominant that these heat pumps fail in heat. And all that means is that when the compressor starts, it's going to heat the home. It's not going to cool the home. We don't have to have any action from the reversing valve to heat. So basically what we're going to do is we are going to have a call for heat. Okay. The compressor is going to start. And the discharge gas is going to move into that reversing valve. Okay. So the reversing valve, it's not going to change position. It's going to stay that exact same way because we're failing in heat. We are going to send that discharge gas through the reversing valve to the indoor coil. The indoor coil is now the condenser. This is where we're going to reject heat. So basically the blower fan is going to move heat, is going to move air, sorry, across the condenser coil, your indoor coil. And it's going to pick heat up and it's going to reject that heat out into the home. That's how we're going to heat the home. So as we're doing this, what's happening is you are bringing that gas back to saturation, which is a mixture of liquid and vapor. And then you're subcooling that, that gas to a, a full liquid. All right. So once you've done that, we're going to send it back through the liquid line to the outdoor coil. The outdoor coil is now your evaporator coil. It's going to absorb heat from the air. Now, a lot of people think, well, how do you absorb heat when it is effing freezing outside? Well, there's always heat in the air to be absorbed. Unless we hit that that absolute zero where sort of all atoms and molecules just kind of stop, 
okay? But that is super, super cold. I don't have the number on me right now, but we don't have to worry about that. Just know that there's a thing called absolute zero. Now, until we hit that point, there's always heat to absorb in the air. So what we're going to do is absorb heat there, okay? Just like an evaporator coil does, right? In air conditioning mode. And what we're going to do is we're going to send that back through the suction line, through the reversing valve, back to the compressor. That is the, the heating cycle. So we have our condenser inside, our indoor coil, and our evaporator outside, our outdoor coil. And it, because it fails in heat, right, when the compressor starts, it's going to run the heating mode with no action from the reversing valve. Okay, so we have to talk about the cooling mode now. And what happens during cooling mode? So, but before we do that, let's talk about the physical aspect of the reversing valve itself. Just for a second, in the internal, we're going to talk about um, the physical aspect, internally speaking. So, on the reversing valve, you're going to have a small little cylinder. That is where your electromagnetic coil is going to slide onto, right? And then you're going to have a larger cylinder, and that's where your, your three openings, your three pipe stubs are going to be there. And on the, uh, the other side, you're going to have the one opening or one pipe stub. Okay, and in that bigger cylinder, there's also a slider that moves back and forth. Now, when that slider moves back and forth, it changes, it changes, the, um, it changes how the, the refrigerant flows through the valve. All right, so we have to keep this in mind when we're talking about energizing the reversing valve. And let's talk about this in the sense of cooling. So just quickly here, guys, new sponsor of the podcast, JB Warranties. JB Warranties is a platform that allows you to offer your customer base extended warranties past the original equipment manufacturer warranties. So when they're done, you can extend the life of the warranty with JB Warranties. And one of the cool parts about their platform is that they offer labor reimbursement up to $300 an hour. That is super important for the tech going out. Um, super important for the owner because now they're not responsible for forking out the dough to their technician that's on site right when they're fixing a warranty problem jb warranties handles all that so if you're in the market to offer an extended warranty program to your customers i mean if they say no they say no but if they say yes you pass that on to them check out jb warranties testo guys i mean i'm looking into a 606-2 okay this is a moisture indicator i'm starting to really like the 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 building science and the building the building performance side of things after we talked with tim a couple podcasts ago uh there's so much involved with that i'm looking into blower door tests and stuff like that so the testo 606-2 is a moisture indicator you can actually check it's got two little pins on it. You can stick it into a piece of wood and it can tell you the moisture content in that wood. And if your home has moisture issues, you'll be able to tell because the wood is going to absorb that moisture into it, right? So anyway, that is a cool tool that I'm going to hopefully be checking out soon. Last but not least, Blue On, guys. Blue On has an incredible free app. They got a ton of stuff on there, like manuals. They got a form. They have free call-in tech support that's still about a two-minute wait time. They got, they got like... 20 techs waiting to take your call 24 7 so you have to sign up for the blue on app in order to call them so check them out so now it's summer it's hot inside it's hot outside we got to cool this space down okay so what we want to do 
is create a call, obviously, from the thermostat to start the compressor. But we, what we also got to do is energize the reversing valve, energize the reversing valve coil. Now, remember how we talked that the, the O terminal in the thermostat is used for a, a system that fails in heat. So if the system fails in heat, what we got to do is energize the O, okay? Send power through that O to your coil. So call for cooling, start the compressor. O is now going to send control voltage to your coil of the reversing valve. Okay, once that coil, electromagnetic coil, gets power, it's going to create a magnetic field on that smaller cylinder that we talked about earlier. When that smaller cylinder receives that, gets that, that magnetic force around it, what's going to happen is there's a smaller slider in there. It's going to change position. Okay, that's going to allow discharge gas through a set of capillary lines. If you look at a, a reversing valve closely, you see the smaller capillary lines, right? Um, so what that's going to allow the discharge gas to do is move through that smaller slider, okay? Um, and then move through a cap line to one side of the bigger cylinder on the reversing valve. And what that's going to do is pressurize that slider to move it over. And once you move that slider over, now you've reversed the flow of refrigerant. And that's what we got to do with a heat pump that fails in heat. We got to energize that coil so we can move that slider over to change the, the direction of the refrigerant. Once we've done that, all we're going to do is run the thing like a traditional air conditioning unit. Our discharge gas is going to leave the compressor, move through the reversing valve. Okay. Now it's going to divert the hot gas to the outdoor coil, which is your condenser. It's going to reject heat to the ambient. Okay. It's going to move now through the liquid line to the indoor coil, which is your evaporator. We're going to absorb heat from the home, removing heat from it, cooling it down. Right. And then we're going to send the suction gas back right through the reversing valve, which is going to go back to the compressor. Once that cycle is complete, that's it. Okay. Once we're, the, the home is at its set point, what we're going to do is we're going to de-energize the reversing valve so that that remember we talked about that slider there the mini slider well because we're de-energizing we've lost our magnetic field so everything's going to go back to normal so we're going to lose the high pressure on the larger cylinder that's pushing that slider over and it's going to pop back into its an original its original position once it's back in it, its original position now we are failed in heat and failed in heat just means that we need no action from the reversing valve at all to run the heat. All we got to do is run the compressor. So essentially, I know we, we covered it real quick, not a big podcast here, but we've we've gone through the O and B terminals. Okay, we've covered uh, how a heat pump works by using um, the reversal of refrigerant to heat a home or cool a home. And we've talked about how a reversing valve works using a coil, energizing it, creating a magnetic field and changing the position of a, cu a couple of sliders, which changes the direction of the refrigerant. Okay. They seem to be, heat pumps seem to be, and reversing valves, they seem to be one of those things that a lot of people can't wrap their mind around, but it's really not that difficult when you spend some time. And what I recommend is you draw it out, take a piece of paper Okay, draw the entire circuit. Make sure you draw it correctly so there's a ton of stuff online where you could see diagrams of a, a heat pump and a reversing valve. Draw it out correctly and follow it with your finger, okay, in heating mode. Follow it with your finger in cooling mode until you understand it, 
Because when you understand it, you can explain it to anybody. You don't need to research it and go back and fully understand it, fully grasp the concept of a heat pump and a reversing valve. And once you do that, you'll be a lot more, obviously a lot more knowledgeable, but a lot more confident when you go to work on one or troubleshoot one. Anyway, guys, that's it. I want to thank the Master Group once again for the sponsorship, but I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.